Good morning and welcome to chapel this day. Did we all thoroughly enjoy the rain overnight? Oh, it rained last night? Hmm, yes. We begin with our opening canticle, hymn number 241. That'll be followed by a moment of silence, and then you'll be invited to stand for invocation and prayer. Holy is God, holy immortal, ever loving, ever present, here and now. Come and see that the Lord is good. Come find refuge in the love of God. Worship, hungry we come for, for love, for a new way of living, for your word. Holy God, in this time of worship, feed us with your love, grace, and peace. Amen. Today's reading is from 1 John, the fourth chapter. We love because God loved us first. But if we say we love God and we don't love each other, we are liars. We cannot see God. So how can we love God if we don't love the people we can see? The commandment that God has given us is, love God and love each other. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you in the name of the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Amen. The writer of this text from 1 John makes some pretty bold claims about love. He insists that loving the people we see connects us to the God who we can't see. The source of all things, that which we call God, is glimpsed in the spaces of loving relationship between people. Loving and being loved by one another. This is how we experience the love of a transcendent God. We can't claim to love this God or even to know this God without first loving the people around us. And if this is true, then love between us must be incredibly powerful. I want to tell you a story about how powerful that love can be. I spent a year in Santiago, Chile, where I was doing my internship at a small urban congregation. The people of Chile lived under a violent and repressive military dictatorship for 18 years, up until 1990. And for many people, almost all of the folks in my congregation, the memories and the lingering effects of this time are still very much an open wound. So I will never forget the first time I went to Via Grimaldi. Via Grimaldi is the site of a former detention center for political prisoners, and I was brought there by some members of my church. Several years ago, it was turned into a site of remembrance called a park for peace. And a woman, who I'll call Anna, who had been a prisoner at Via Grimaldi, gave us a tour and graciously shared her story with us. Anna was active in a political party that opposed the repressive regime in power. And one night, when she was 18, secret police took her from her home and brought her to Via Grimaldi, where she, along with hundreds of others, 
would be tortured and interrogated for months. Anna described to us some of the unthinkable cruelty and violence she suffered at the hands of soldiers that were in charge of the center. Via Grimaldi was just one of many other centers like it across the country that used torture tactics as a means of enforcing control and crushing opposition to a military dictatorship. As Anna spoke to us about her experience, she said she wanted to make sure that we understood that she and her fellow prisoners were not just victims, that the story of Via Grimaldi and the Park for Peace was not just a story of what had happened to them, but was a story of how they themselves resisted and survived only through acts of love toward one another. These acts of love were small and often risky. Though the detainees could be severely punished for talking to one another, the people who had been detained longer would very covertly and quietly give the new prisoners advice on how to survive in this new environment. They would tell the new folks which guard was likely to be a little bit more lenient and which one they should steer clear of at all costs. To combat the dangerous boredom that haunted them in their jail cells, Anna and her cellmates would take turns telling stories softly to one another. And then one of the common practices was to put prisoners in what they called a cage, which was a wooden box, like for solitary confinement, but of a certain size so that it was impossible to lay down. Anna said that one of her fellow prisoners lovingly instructed her on exactly how to position her body so that she would be able to fall asleep. When she came out of days of being in the cage in the dark, Another prisoner simply whispered her name and reminded her who she was. Anna told us very frankly that what she experienced at Via Grimaldi caused her to cross a line, to question everything she believed in, to lose faith, and at times to feel that she had lost herself. She said, the only reason that she is still alive today is because the other prisoners, people she didn't know, taught her to live again. They reminded her of her identity and her humanity. And it was these words of Anna's that will stick with me. She smiled and she looked at us and said, the others literally loved me back to life. In the face of unspeakable terror and evil, love between human beings expressed sometimes as simply the whispering of a name gave life. Acts of love between the people held at Via Grimaldi actually saved lives. In being loved by the people she could see, Anna was connected to the God whom she couldn't see during very dark months of her life. 
most of us will never experience the kind of terror that Anna did. But we do encounter situations in our lives where pain and despair may make it feel as if God is totally invisible. The death of a friend, an unexpected illness, can turn our world and our faith upside down. Yet God makes God's self known to us through the transforming love of other people. Our community, and sometimes a stranger, can love us back to life. Love between people is nothing less than a reflection of the love of God. So never underestimate the power of loving and being loved by the people around you. Never underestimate the power of a tender word or simply your loving presence. We love because God gave us life and because God loves us first. Even in our bleakest moments, love can be truly life-giving. Oscar Romero said, let us never tire of preaching love it is the force that will overcome the world. How will you experience that world-changing force this week? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we only know love because you are love, and you loved us first. You love us specifically and endlessly. You love us in our pain, in our joy, in our hopefulness, and our helplessness. You love us in our mess. So we ask you to make us better at loving one another in thought, word, and deed. Amen. I have several. Please extend a blessing and good wish to Henry Blanco from Catering, as today is his last day with us. Henry has served for 20 years, started as a dishwasher in the kitchen at Cal Lutheran, and leaves us as the catering manager. Impressive. We also uh, extend warm wishes as Tom Dodd's swim coach moves on his way. So send a, a hearty word of thanks to Tom. We hold our sister college, Augsburg University, in our prayers this week as they grieve the death of their former campus pastor, Dave Wold. God bless them in their grieving. Today is Dave's funeral at a particular Lutheran Church in St. Paul. 
I also want to extend great thanks to our admissions staff for all of the work accomplished on Admitted Students Day. They did a fabulous job. I know a number of you had your hands in all of this, so thank you, but we thank them for their work. Next Thursday, the Chapel Choir will present a Telemann Cantata. Thanks. And we'll be joined by Professor Heidi Voss and Dana Rouse of our music faculty as they delight us with additional music. I think that's enough announcements. Please stand. Let's sing. Oh, one more. Sorry. This is Sarah Schultz, preacher for the day, the director of admissions at our Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary. Sarah, thank you. A, world, a, a, a note of applause for good work done. God, love to heart, take it with you and spread it all around. Embody it always, love one another. Go in God's peace. Amen.